Hey, what up, Long Beach? We're still living day-to-day here in local sports and on this podcast that is a part of our partnership with the Long Beach Post. And as always, this show is brought to you by the 562.org. I'm JJ Fiddler. I'm Mike Gardabasio. And this podcast is not the only part of our partnership with the Long Beach Post. We also bring them education coverage each and every week. And there is a lot of it up at obpost.com talking about the Omicron wave and how schools are handling it, uh, which you can read at obpost.com and which we'll be talking about more later today. I'm Tyler Hendrickson. This podcast, as well as everything that we do at the562.org is brought to you by the support of Naples Rib Company. For more than a decade, Naples Rib Company has supported Long Beach sports coverage via the sports guys, Mike and JJ, and your boy a little bit as well, Tyler, um, keeping us properly soused over the years. Um, so grateful to Naples Rib Company for their continued support of really everything in the Long Beach sports community. Um, be sure to head down to Naples Rib Company. Let them know the 562.org sent you down there to have a lovely barbecue dinner. You will not regret it. And uh, of course, got to thank all of our sponsors, uh, everyone that chips in, our subscribers, our loyal readers. Um, this is a community funded and um, community supported outlet. Uh, the 562.org is a 501c3 nonprofit. So any donations you make to help us continue to cover Long Beach sports are fully tax deductible. We are still changing the schedule every day as games get postponed and canceled because of COVID-19, Omicron variant, and everything that's going on in the world. So in the world of local sports, we left ourselves asking this week, what is going to happen to Long Beach basketball, the 2022 season version, where all these games are being moved or they're just not going to get played. We can start in the high schools where the schedule we look at for the local basketball teams is just covered in red ink. It's like a nightmare from an English class where you thought you did a great job on the paper and you get it back and it looks like half a Christmas tree. Uh, (laughs) We don't know what's going to happen. We don't have dates confirmed for games that have already been canceled. There are options and ways that they can change stuff, but with games still getting postponed, Obviously, the schedule beyond that is forever changing. Uh, Mike, it obviously goes beyond the court and the field. Obviously, the schools have been struggling in keeping people safe. Hopefully, this is a spike that will soon drop down. But like, what? Let, let's talk first about the options of what a season could look like, not what it will look like. Because let's be honest, nobody knows what that is, and nobody really has control over that completely. Yeah, and just to give a, a really big picture, as JJ mentioned, obviously this is not just a sports story. Um, you know, public health officials have kind of communicated to the district, knock on wood, obviously, but we're hopefully, fingers crossed, basically looking at another week and a half you know, that there's some optimism that the cases have started to plateau, that they're going to be coming back down because of the infectiousness of the Omicron variant. um, Quite a few people have been exposed to it um, and thus have some antibody immunity in addition to all of the people who've been boosted uh, as well as vaccinated. So uh, those metrics are going to be very important going forward. Um, The schools have zero willingness to close um, or to go virtual again. But if they do, it will be just because of staff availability. On Monday this week, uh, 496 teachers were out. Um, There are 3,400 teachers in the district approximately. So that's more than one in seven teachers, um, if I'm doing my uh, fraction, my LBUSD fractions correctly. Um, that's a lot of, that's a lot of absences to try and fill. The sub pool is limited, which means that over the last two weeks, since the district came back from break, they've been literally using, like, if you work in the head office and you have a teaching credential, you are a substitute teacher right now. 
um, whether you kind of want to be or not, you know, it's, uh, it's sort of all hands on deck is how it was described to me. Um, I think it's, I guess I'm sort of cornier than a lot of other writers, but I'm kind of always inspired when we sort of see this, like people pulling together to try and make this stuff work. And it's a difficult time right now. And um, the district said last week, attendance of students was down to 80%. Uh, they're at 95% in non-COVID times. So that's, you know, of 69,000 students, that 15% drop from 95 to 80 is significant. But I do think it also shows very clearly if 80% of students are still showing up to class, either because there's no other option or because they want to, um, that shows that there's still an overwhelmingly a very large consensus that once the school is open, you know, among students and families, um, I think people might be seeing this play out differently in the national, you know, the national scene, but here people very much want their kids in school. Um, and my understanding just from talking to the teachers union, uh, the teachers similarly, um, and I, you know, listeners to the show know my wife's a teacher. Teachers do not want to sit out. It's just a lot of them are waiting on tests that took three or four days to come back. Um, obviously, many teachers have tested positive. And so those absences, you know, I don't think that that's going to be a story for another, you know, couple of weeks going forward. But at the moment, it is just a very unique situation. Um, and it is why when we've started asking questions about basketball, everyone's like, we're not quite there yet. <laughs> Nailing down some of these particulars. Yeah, we still we still have a lot to figure out and, and a lot to learn, right? I mean, it's it's a situation where this is an unpredictable problem. We've seen that over the last couple of years is that it's tough to know um, what's coming next. And obviously when, when new variants come about, um, it's gonna present new challenges. And so, you know, the teachers and the students have to be responsible. We're relying on one another, right? To make smart decisions and know that if you're sick, um, you need to get tested. You need to operate as if you are, you know, infectious and have COVID and, and then need to find out and test and figure out if that's not the case. Um, Hopefully it is a short-term um, spike um, and, and less of a wave and more of just an up and down, um, but that, that does remain to be seen. But the ways that we can do that are to be smart and to, to make sure that we're you know, following the correct guidelines. And like you said, Mike, I do think it is inspiring to see uh, staff that aren't expected <laughs> to take on these different responsibilities, but when a challenge arises, in the short term, you just have to solve it, right? You just have to do the best you can. And I think we once again kind of need a little bit of humility from everyone to say no one's perfect. No one's a genius on all of this stuff and could have seen all of these things coming. Um, and we are where we are. I don't think we you can't rebuild another alternative, you know, to have the virtual learning and the in-person learning. Because right. obviously, as we talked about early when, when the pandemic first started, families really rely on that consistency. You know, if you're if you're if you go to work every day, you're a parent, you have you know one kid or multiple kids, you need to know that your kids are gonna be somewhere safe, looked after, and learning so that you can make a living and put food on the table, right? Yeah. That's you the social construct that we you have. You can't tell someone some Sunday night your kid's not going to school on Monday. <laughs> Very tough, right. you know, and, and everyone's situation is different, their resources, their circumstances. Um, but ultimately the virus affects people, you know, it affects all of us, right? So um, we just have to keep navigating the waters and, and hope we get some, some fortunate breaks ahead. But it does seem like there is reason for optimism. It doesn't make it any easier to be, you know, expecting to, to see kids play soccer and or play basketball and knowing that they aren't going to have the opportunity. And what a difficult uh, <laughs> added layer to try to figure out how you come out of that 
how many games can we play safely? You know, how long right. do kids need to practice before we just shove them out on the field and, and put them into intense competition? How much do teams want to even commit to playing, you know, 10 games in two weeks right before the playoffs. And then all of a sudden your legs are gone and you lose, you know, so yeah. th there's just so many factors to go into it. Some programs maybe haven't been shut down. Some have been shut down multiple times. So uh, there's never, never going to be a one size fits all approach. So we, we just have to be a little bit creative, make some sacrifices and, and really hope for the best. But I, I, for one, <laughs> I think you guys are too are optimistic that we'll, we'll, we'll come out of it with a pretty good plan, have playoffs and hopefully hit our stride going into the spring season. There's another logistical curveball thrown at this situation as well. This isn't like football on a Friday night where you show up for one game and one game only local high school basketball is four games at least every time a game is happening that you might be paying attention to, let's say it's girls varsity or boys varsity. There were three other games going on that day. So there are a lot of kids traveling to a lot of uh, campuses back and forth. Like for, for example, today that Cabrillo Lakewood games, there's only one. It's just girls varsity. So shout out to Lisa Ulmer and everybody at the uh, more league offices, because the rescheduling of this is not just one team, one game, one league. It's, it's a lot more than that. So it's a lot more difficult than, let's say, in the fall or, excuse me, in the spring when we saw those football games canceled. You know what I mean? Those are, those are one-for-ones. So shouts to them because it's, uh, it's, it's difficult for sure. It's kind of like trying to hit a moving target while you're standing on a rolling barrel. You know what I mean? It's like you don't have anywhere firm Ooh, to New Olympic sport. And you're shooting at something that's not stable. So it's very difficult. I think the fundamental question for basketball, and the three of us who kicked this around a little bit, is – the way the Moore League is structured on the boys' and the girls' side is as a two-round league. There's seven teams, which means everyone has six opponents in each round. So you get 12 games in the Moore League. The big question, as basically everyone has had to deal with the cancellation, there are a couple of teams that have not, is do you try and still remain a two-round league, or do you say, hey, we've got one round and they're going to be really important games? <laughs> Um, you know, and, and just go through it once. I think, you know, February 5th is the date to finish everything before the playoffs. We are going to have a lot of teams starting to come back next week, which leaves three weeks to get it in. You could kind of, if you get three weeks and you're playing on weekends, which is now available, you could get 12 games in in three weeks, um, somewhat reasonably. But if you don't come back till Wednesday, Thursday, if you have three days somewhere in there where you have to take a pause, it starts getting really tough really quickly, which is where I personally, if I had total control over it, would probably go, we're going to come back on the 18th and we're going to try and make sure that everyone plays each opponent once. And if it has to be at a weird time, if we have to wait until the weekend before playoffs and get three games in on a Saturday or something, just because we had more closures, whatever, I think that playing that low number of games gives you more flexibility. And I would prioritize that personally over sticking to the 12 games um, where again, as Tyler mentioned, you're potentially kind of running ragged a little bit, getting into the playoffs. The flip side of that is for teams that have their non-league games canceled or tournaments canceled are six league games going to be enough to get you ready for the playoffs. That's kind of the push and pull that I think the coaches are, are debating right now. Yeah. Like Jordan soccer didn't play any tournaments because they just weren't ready. So literally they've only played league games. So if you give them six league games, you're asking a team to play playoffs after only six regular season games. That's tough. It's very tough. <laughs> it's very tough. But you also come into other issues of, 
you know, especially for the, the gym sports, right? You've got, you know, for basketball and then you've got wrestling in there and then you've got other sports, the spring sports that need gym time to practice and get ready. Um, then you come, then it comes a problem of the logistics of your gym availability. You know, you're trying to be flexible and move things around, but it, it takes time to set up wrestling mats, you know, and get a meet ready. And then, you know, just all these <laughs> extra challenges that, that come with that and having field time. I agree. I think flexibility is kind of the name of the game. And if you do overload that schedule and then ultimately do have to take a pause, then that could throw everything off again. Um, so I, I think you play as much as you can and try to give yourself that last week as kind of an open date. And if teams want to scrimmage maybe, and, you know, to get more reps, you know, and it doesn't necessarily count, I think that would be open. Or if they need to actually reschedule competitive games, that might be the move. So I would say trim it down for basketball. Make sure everybody plays everybody else once. If you end up with more games, that's fine. But it's, it's a tricky situation, right, where a team might say, well, you know, we maybe played one of the better teams in the league and lost to them twice this other team that's ahead of us in the standings either didn't play that team or only played them once. Right. And we have a close record. That doesn't seem fair. So maybe you trim it down and then ask the teams if they want to play exhibitions in order to tune up for the postseason. that would be fine. Um, but the, you know, the coaches have to agree The athletic directors, uh, you mentioned Lisa Almer, I'm sure she's very busy and doing a lot of uh, editing on documents to try to make sure uh, things make sense, but there's, there's not going to be an answer that everybody likes. But if we can play the games, get to the playoffs, I, I think we should see through one round kind of who the best teams are, right? I, I think we kind of know, right? Do you guys feel feel that way? We wouldn't be shortchanging too many teams given the circumstances? Yeah, I think there's definitely a separation. Uh, but, that, but that being said, how do you compare teams like that if they're all going into different divisions for the playoffs? Like there could be a separation in the league, but then the third place team from the league is at the top of their third division or fourth division, and they've got a serious championship shot. I don't, so yeah. You're saying those teams would want more action to kind of prepare for the playoffs or whatever. If, if you were that team, would, wouldn't you? I, I would. Yeah, I, it is just a really difficult um, – and we've seen – just FYI, we have seen other leagues around Southern California take both of these – routes so i mean it, it's it's not as it, like there's no perfect answer it's going to be an imperfect solution no matter what um i just think the one thing here's the two things that i feel like i know for certain flexibility is very important once we've entered into any of these sort of schedule um you know schedule crunches and i think that going for six games gives you a lot of flexibility over three weeks um obviously you know and maybe to jj's point maybe too much flexibility especially if you're like in a situation like jordan boys soccer and so and i'm talking mostly about basketball because that's where we've had like you said pretty much the whole schedule got wiped out for <laughs> two weeks coming back out of uh, winter break um but yeah i, I you know i don't know if it, if it like if it's up to me I go, yeah, we're gonna play sundays too so we're gonna go sunday tuesday thursday sunday tuesday thursday sunday you can get four games in a week. You could get the 12 games in in three weeks pretty easily. But then you have to pay money for overtime to get people on Sundays. You have to find out if kids are, can play on Sundays, which is not a question that's ever been asked of varsity basketball teams <laughs> because this is the first time the state has ever suspended that rule. Um, we're just in uncharted yeah, territory go, here. Yeah, let's get, 
let's get family religions involved in this situation right really, well, but, yeah, but that's like but really that's get the, it in there know, legislatively that's the situation we're in i, I remember the other thing so i said some people things. some people do not roll on shabbos okay absolutely yes that's right. true don't even um, answer the phone there were i said there were two things i was certain of one of them was flexibility is very important the other thing is if you try and play 12 games in two weeks leading into the playoffs everyone is going to be everyone's going to be busted up i'm very confident of that like you don't want to run teams ragged right before the playoffs so i think that you've got to do something that's flexible and i think you've got to do something that's reasonable in terms of what the physical load on the kids is um, as we get into the playoffs yeah, we will see. The schedule will continue to change, and we will keep you updated on that schedule. We've got coverage of the stuff that is happening, like those soccer games. Boys soccer getting very interesting right now. So check out the 562.org, where you will also find a preview for Long Beach State Men's Volleyball. Back-to-back champions coming back looking very, very good. But it got us thinking. What are some of the other teams? Well, can I talk about the men's volleyball team first? Yeah, 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 yeah. So we're gonna talk about so we're gonna talk about teams that look good for a championship run in 2022, obviously, <laughs> fingers crossed. And I think even if you hadn't put out the preview today, Mike, we would still have this team on the top of the list. Yeah. So just to give the big picture, you know, won the last two non-COVID championships, 2019, 2020, and then added the two, or excuse me, uh 1819 and then added the two uh, top recruiting classes in the country the last two years. They have no seniors on the team. This is by far the biggest Long Beach State team that I will ever have covered, and I think one of the biggest I will have ever seen. Their outsides are 6'7 and 6'8. Outsides. The outsides are 6'7 and 6'8. The middles, all three of them are 6'8. And on the right side, they have the shrimp, uh, Clark Godbold, uh, who's the Big West freshman of the year, and TJ DeFalco's height, two-time national player of the year. And the other outside is six foot ten um, Simon Tory uh, from Germany. So they have two uh, two foreign national team players uh, playing in the starting lineup. I believe we were both freshmen and sophomores. Um, and behind that group is the uh, All-American libero, uh, Mason Briggs, who's the best libero in the country, uh, as well as Aiden Knipe setting. Um, Trinity College, who will win the national championship in Canada, came down to Southern California for a winter swing. The only team they lost to was Long Beach State. Uh, Long Beach State went one and one against them. They hit 390 in the loss. Uh, <laughs> they're really, really good. They're loaded. They're super healthy. Um, and they're playing 10 of the top 15 teams in the country. They are also one of the top 15 teams in the country. So the other four, um, they'll just, you know, have to potentially see in the final four. But they've got both matches with Hawaii, who is currently ranked number one in the country uh, in Long Beach in April. And I'm very excited for that because Hawaii, I don't think is I think I don't think they're playing anyone else in the top seven until then. Um, so that would be a really big pair of matches in Long Beach. And then the national championships at UCLA. So local volleyball fans have a chance to go and uh, and and see, you know, hopefully Long Beach is able to do something special. But if they do put themselves in contention, they will be, you know, far and away the favorites going forward because everyone's coming back um, for the next really two years after this. So it, it's a it's it's fun times in the pyramid for sure. They will be opening up against Harvard uh, as part of the uh men's basketball men's volleyball doubleheader on saturday volleyball scheduled to start at 7 30 so very excited to go and see what they look like on the court unfortunately yeah, the- they have to they have to start their season with a cancellation they canceled their trip because of covid tests so they had to bump back the start of their season 
which I also wanted to mention, we didn't mention earlier, the college basketball teams at Long Beach State have also had the same thing happen to them. So the Big West has decided to not reschedule the games that are canceled. They are considered a no contest. So even if, like, let's say, for example, Cal Poly has positive tests, so the men's and women's basketball teams can't play Cal Poly, that's not a forfeit. That game just gets wiped from the schedule. Now, the Big West has decided not to reschedule that stuff, which then is going to make the standings box an absolute mess. Men's volleyball is also in the Big West. So if this continues, you know, it's going to be a bummer slash interesting to see what happens with men's volleyball in the Big West if they do end up rescheduling those games because those games don't come in as quick succession as the basketball season. You know what I mean? We're talking about playoff men's volleyball in late spring. So fingers crossed on that, that the men's volleyball team doesn't have the same stuff that happened into them with men's and women's basketball because women's basketball at Long Beach State is great right now. Well, they haven't played in a while. <laughs> They're two and zero in conference, nine and one overall, and they like haven't been on the court together in conference play in, in, in quite a bit. So, yeah, that could really torpedo a season if you're looking to build momentum for the postseason. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a great point, JJ. You bring up that women's basketball team. Uh, in the last month, they've only played two games, uh, so that's kind of tough. Uh, scheduled to play at UC Santa Barbara on Thursday of this week to try to get back out there, but. Yeah, I had two games canceled, came back and won two Big West games at home, and then right back to a couple more cancellations. So uh, you mentioned the standings are going to be wild and consistent. There's going to be a varying number of games. Um, So just rack up as many wins while you have the opportunity. And you wonder for, you know, a school like Hawaii, right? Very often you see pretty big home and road splits for those programs. You know, it's a little easier when a team is flying, uh, taking a five hour flight, especially for sports where there's a lot of tall players that have to be crammed into an airplane Uh, and they come to you and then you get to play them at home. And obviously the, the reverse is true, right? So, but if Hawaii, if you're the women's basketball team and you have a bunch of home games canceled and are playing disproportionately more road games, that's going to put you at a pretty big disadvantage. And you could say the same thing for the, you know, the men's team, obviously in volleyball. So uh, there's all these moving factors, but you know, as we talked about earlier in the show, no perfect solution, just got to keep your head down and try to get as many games in as possible. And you just have to get lucky a little bit. You know what I mean? It's not, absolutely. I mean, there's a certain part of it where everyone needs to act responsibly to try to not catch COVID, but you can absolutely behave responsibly and still get it. So it's not, you know, oh, they didn't try hard enough to not get an incredibly infectious disease. You know, let's not shame teams for having to shut down. But ultimately, it comes down to to luck and then also the timing on the schedule to, you know, maybe, you know, you don't want to miss out on opportunity to get those easy wins. Right. And then, the you know, end up having to play, you know, a tough game on the road. And then your record's not going to look reflective necessarily of how good your team is. That, that The last point I wanted to make about this is the Big West was thinking exactly what Tyler's thinking when this year started, this season started, which was only a couple months ago. It was that if you had a positive test on your team, you forfeit the game. If you, if a game could not be played because you had positives, you were going to forfeit it. And then Mm -hmm. because of the Omicron wave, and as Tyler said, we obviously now all understand you can be acting um, responsibly and still catch it. They changed that to a no contest. Um, and so that I, I do, that's important to note because that is just, you know, we, we said it, you can plan as much as you want, but circumstances change underneath your feet, um, whether we want them to or, or not, you know, with this virus. 
it's like coaches, right? It's like, don't criticize the outcome, criticize the behavior. You know what I mean? It's like, if someone takes a bad, a horrible three pointer and it goes in, you know what I mean? You're not criticizing the fact that they scored three points. You're not you're accepting saying, victory. Hey, that's a bad you're shot. You're not ex- accepting defeat. Absolutely. Exactly. So if someone's doing all the things right and test positive, Hey, that sucks. It's a bummer. If someone's acting a fool, not following any of the guidelines and they test positive, you know, suicides they gotta run (laughs) (laughs) once they're once they're healthy right i guess yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah so long beach state men's volleyball championship contender who who else we got we were actually just looking at the recently released high school spring cif southern section playoff divisions the breakdown of where your favorite team is going to be stuck in the cif playoffs and wilson baseball really sticks out as a possibility to make a Top of the list by far in Division Four with some Division One talent and Charlie Royal kind of leading the way there. But yeah, I mean that team is stacked. We've been hearing uh, nothing but buzz about how excited everyone is for them, and they are not only in Division Four; they're so low that they were only a couple spots away from falling into Division Five. But I think what we've seen time and time again, whether it's uh, poly football or or Millican baseball in Division Three. If these sort of blue blood Long Beach sports programs slip to like a D three D four, they always have action because they're never de- they're never that far down. It's always cyclical. And Wilson is surely kind of coming back up this year. Um, so of all the teams in the spring, to me, outside of the track teams, that Wilson baseball team would be at the top of my list uh, that I'm looking at for sure. Well, and I'm thinking back to baseball season and correct me if I have the details wrong, but wasn't Wilson just like a couple outs from possibly being the more league champion? Yes. <laughs> but then they end up like missing the playoffs and then now are dropped almost down to D5, which is wild. Um, so yeah, certainly the Bruins have the talent and they were playing so much better towards the end of last season. Um, and actually, you know, I've, popped out to the alumni game and, and was able to see um, coach Andy Hall and, you know, kind of check out the team a little bit. Um, and they certainly look, um, they look like a good group, you know, they, like they look like they have the makings and good camaraderie. And that was one of the things that, um, that coach Hall was, was talking about after the game was, you know, the togetherness of the team. And, and um, you know, I think the, the expectation should be high for the Bruins and, and not just them. I mean, there's a lot of other teams that, that could have the fortune of being in the right division, you know, cause we saw the difference between being in division three and being in division two. You know what I mean? It's Long Beach Poly winning back-to-back more league champions. They were in D2, very tough bracket and had a a really challenging first round opponent ultimately lost that game. And then a team that they beat twice in league play has this great run to a CIF championship uh, in D3 is Milliken, as we talked about, Uh, you know, you look at other sports too. I mean, in softball, Lakewood's in division three. So that's, not usually where we find Lakewood. So that's a possibility for action there. So it's going to be interesting to see how teams take advantage of these opportunities because it's, it's going to be fluid. It's going to be very fluid that teams are going to go up and down division. So you just got to time it right. I also like Allison Soar with Wilson girls golf as a possible champion this year. That's been cyclical. Speaking of cycles in local sports, Wilson girls golf, always very good. They just have that talent and they push each other so much. And, and Emmy, recently get, uh, graduated Emmy Severtic is going to be able to do that with Allison Soar. And it's her time to shine, man. So it'll be interesting to see if she can bring home some hardware as well for that program that has so much. And then we can also talk about the winner. Uh, we have two Millican teams who've been number one in the rankings uh, in their sports in this winter for most of the season. That Millican boys wrestling team 
um, the clear cut favorites to uh, bring a CIF championship back. They had been kind of uh, close, uh, but no cupcake uh, recently, but they, they're definitely the favorites there. And the Milliken girls water polo team, another one of these kind of competitive equity specials, not the traditional power in the city, um, as we saw with the poly boys water polo team in the fall. But because they're in a lower division, they are ranked number one and they look good. I mean, we, Tyler and I got a chance to see them last week. That's a complete water polo team um, with kind of a next level player in Janine Osorio. Uh, and I think they absolutely have a chance to run that division, uh, which would be pretty special. Yeah, number one. They are number one in division three right now and, and have been. And yeah, I agree with Mike. They, they look the part of a champion in that division, despite the fact that they're not the more league favorite by any stretch, you know, because Wilson's definitely still still running things in water polo, obviously. And Wilson, depending on how that division one, two split goes, could end up in or the open division uh, out of the division one slash two pool. Wilson could end up as the number one team in division one, or they could end up as the number eight team, number seven team in the open division. So it's, it's just, yeah. that one's going to be one we'll find out on bracket day, you know, what it looks like for the, for the Bruins. Right on the borderline. Does four teams making championship games in 2021 make it less likely to have more than one Long Beach football team make a championship game in 2022 because the teams that did make championship runs will be moved up. Past does not predict future, JJ. That's that's uh, that's fair, but like Jordan's not Jordan's not going to sneak in. Will not move them up. Technically, what they did last year will not move them up because at the moment the the playoff is predicated only on what you do that season. Bro, if you tell me that Long Beach Poly winning a Division Four championship isn't going to change what they're in the playoffs this year, you're crazy. You're crazy. That's well, going to affect the it. formula. Doesn't change. Well, where in the, the formula would change. you see, where, yeah. where in the formula would you see it changing? It. I don't see them going into this season with the exact same formula. I now I agree with you on that. Yeah, but, yeah. but by the formula they used this year, there was. Yeah. I mean, the stuff there will that be they, more human. There will be more human influence in the CIF Southern. I don't think so. I think there will be a change. I think there will be a change in that they'll include some of the previous year's results. But I think sim- I, you could say the exact same thing this year about Polly. They went four and zero and beat Sarah in in the 2020 season. Uh, that didn't keep them from going into Division Four this year. You know what I mean? So uh, until they formally kind of make that change that they're going to include on a lower weight some of the previous year's results. Um, I don't, I don't think it lowers our chances that four teams went to the, my, my answer to your question is I don't think it lowers our chances because four teams went because technically that's not going to move teams up. Um, and I, I think that you've got a lot of teams, not a lot of guys graduated off the teams that went to CIF championships. So I think, which know, will make them, that, which will make them better, right? Yeah, absolutely. But doesn't that not, move you up as well? Yeah. But they'll also be better. You know what I mean? So, so I think that's, I, that's yeah, kind of I'm, and and here's what I'm getting at. Here's what I'm getting at. Jordan's that? not sneaking up on anybody. Jordan, that that's that time has passed. Jordan is not going to sneak up on Division Eleven again. Do you see what I'm saying? Well, what you don't think they could end up in Division Eleven again? I think that there's now four films that people can watch to be like, this is how you beat a Jordan team. I think Rim of the World could watch all the film they want. I don't think they were gonna, <laughs> I don't think that had anything to do with their expectations for Jordan. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's, that's fair. They certain the teams certainly played better in the second half, but that that's fair. Well, yeah, how much, uh, but how much do you think the, uh, that is sort of offset by the motivation of a team, right? Like, because we talked about it before you were saying, how will it impact the programs? Will numbers be up? Right. I think attendance at practice may be a little better a year after you went to a championship game. You know what I mean? I think the buy-in um, could improve for, for the programs to say, 
hey, we, we are capable of achieving something truly historic here as a team. Let, right. We know we were there. We know how we did it. Let's go out and do it again. So I, I think that, like you said, JJ, there, there will be more of a target on these teams back because they're going to come in as the whatever division runner up or champion. And so th- that will certainly make teams respect them a little bit more, but it could also mean that their expectations have shifted and they are going to be, you know, more cohesive and working harder and knowing that a championship could be right there and within reach where it's not always felt that way. Before I, I, the competitive equity, I don't think teams went in thinking like this could be a CIF championship year. It yeah. was like, let's have fun and win as many games as we can. But I also don't think there's going to be targets on people's backs in that traditional way because you're not in the same playoff bracket with the same teams. So like, I don't think. Yeah, like, I guess. Like, I guess. Like, what I'm say saying. Jordan ends up playing Granite, like like Camarillo or something. Camarillo doesn't care if Jordan went to the Division Eleven CIF championship but last Cam- year. They're just that's just who they're playing. You know. But I mean? Camar but Camarillo is looks more like Rim of the World than the other teams Jordan had played in playoffs past. So what I'm saying is a team with a little bit more similar personnel or mm. style or whatever now has a better look at what it looks like when a team like theirs can stop a team like Jordan. Like you're right. Rim of the world couldn't have changed much about that game, but somebody who looks like Rim of the world can be like, okay, so this didn't work. So now let's try something else because we're playing the defending, you know, you know, ch- yeah, championship right, appearance right, right. team or whatever. Like they Finalist. are on, they are on the radar. Like Tyler said, yeah, yeah. And I, the, you know, teams are definitely going to be more on the radar. But I ultimately think it's just going to come down to we'll track it throughout the you know week by week as we did this year, and we're just going to find out on bracket day whether we've got shots at championships or not. You know, we I bring it up all the time, but you know that Millican football. Millican football team didn't have much trouble with the, you know, with St. Anthony or Jordan, (laughs) like, you know, they looked pretty good, but ultimately had they been one spot lower, they would have been the number one team in a division. And because they were where they were, they were the number 16 team. in With the talent they've coming, coming back, losing that playoff game might've been the best thing to ever happen in Millican football. Except that it doesn't have any. You're except that it doesn't have I'm the saying, effect on this year that we wanted to. You know I'm saying I mean? motivate. I'm saying motivationally. Oh, okay, the way okay. that pro the way that program feels like they could not be mm-hmm. more turned up and ready for this right. season. Yes, got it. Although I, if they do include, if they do opt to take data from prior seasons, that would help Milliken, uh, because if you're not going to win the championship, it is better to go out in the first round for the points. You know, the score that you get if you're looking to stay in a lower division and have a better chance to win. But so many question marks, as we talked about, we don't know what the CIF is going to do with their rules, if they're going to change it at all. Maybe they will, maybe they won't. I don't know. I thought it was a pretty fun football season. I thought we had pretty fair and yeah, good chances. to say the least. <laughs> you know, and, and maybe it's easy for us to say because we were the, we were the guys that got to cover four championship games. But, um, you know, it, the games felt pretty competitive for obviously – Polly aside, I think we've we've beat that <laughs> that topic into the ground that they certainly could have been in a higher division. But um, we'll see we'll see what plays out. That's 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 the fun part is to get to speculate, and then um, the, the team's got to put the work in and, and go earn it on the field ultimately. Indeed, and that's what we are crossing our fingers and hoping to see more of here in local Long Beach sports with everything going on. Make sure you're sticking with the 562.org and Long Beach Post for all of the breaking news involving our schools, their sports teams, and our community at large. Thanks to everyone at both of those websites for making all of this stuff happen, and we will see you very soon in the stands, Long Beach. Take care.